Welcome to What Holds Us Together. I'm your host, Maine Education Commissioner Pender Macon. Public education is the most precious common good that we share. Each month, I highlight the inspiring and amazing things happening in Maine schools through conversations with educators, school staff, and students across our state. Welcome to this month's episode of What Holds Us Together. Today, I'm joined by two students from Yarmouth High School, Sarah Henson and Liam Hanna, and we're going to be discussing an exciting, innovative approach to interdisciplinary, hands-on, real-world education called Extended Learning Opportunities, or ELOs. I met Sarah and Liam and several of their classmates when I visited their school to hear more about these extended learning opportunities. What I heard was so impressive and inspirational that I wanted to have them on this podcast to share what they've been doing with everyone. So welcome, Sarah and Liam. Hi, Hi. my name is Liam Hanna, student at Yarmouth High School, and I'm a junior. And I'm Sarah Henson. I'm a senior. Well, I really appreciate you both being here today. It was so great meeting you last week and loved hearing about your project. So Do you think you could describe what overall does an extended learning opportunity look like at Yarmouth High School? In my opinion, an ELO is an opportunity for a student to learn something they're more passionate about that the school doesn't offer as a set class. And instead of taking a class that they may not be very passionate about, they have the opportunity to succeed in either a field or extra hobby that they're really interested in and learn more to get school credit for what they're doing. And it's an incredibly flexible program. Like there's literally endless opportunities for what you can do. And it's very individual with the learning that you do. And that was a really big part of it for both of us, especially. So that's going to be, it's a really good thing for the students here. You know, it's interesting because I heard from kids who are studying cognitive neuroscience and civics and uh, so many different things. I'd love for you each to tell a little bit about what your individual projects are. So my project is a work study. So I've worked in the vet med field for over two years. I work at the Portland ER and I want to say my first semester, sophomore year, I approached the person who did the ELOs before Miss Brocklebank, and they said, you know, you can get credit for the job you have. And I'm now on my fifth semester. I'm next semester going to go into my sixth semester, and I get credit for what I learn in the ER, which school cannot teach me. The school isn't going to teach me how to place a catheter or how to scope an animal, how to read x-rays, what goes on in the operating room. So it's a very unique opportunity for me to learn what I'm passionate about and what I'll do after high school, along with getting school credit since my fifth class actually is my work study this year. So it's great to learn something instead of taking a class I don't necessarily want to take just to check off the credit box. Yeah, and this summer I did a summer ELO, which is another really good option for students. I designed and built a drink-serving robot, which is a robot the size of like a decent mini fridge, and it drives around, and it has a fridge on the top of it. 
and it can go deliver drinks. And it was just like, it was a really crazy idea that I had one night after seeing a robot at a sushi restaurant in Texas that went around and delivered drinks and like sushi stuff. So I just decided I'm going to try to do this. And I went and talked to Miss Brocklebank and we set it up over the summer as an ELO. That sounds so cool, both of you. And Sarah, your ELO, you said provided you school credit mm-hmm. for six semesters now. Does it also, in fact, provide you with paid work opportunity? Yeah, so I got my job the summer between freshman and sophomore year. So I'd already had a paid job, which then the ELO coordinator at the time approached me about getting school credit for it. So it's an incredibly easy thing to do for school credit. I'm already doing my job. The school acknowledges I have a job and that I'm learning something. So they say, hey, let's turn this into some school credit for you. Well, that sounds like a win-win. And Liam, I'm guessing that you already had some knowledge and experience with coding in order yeah. for you to have decided this might be a thing. If you could talk a little bit about you know, some of the challenges you ran into on mm-hmm. this fully independent program and how you solved some of those challenges. Yeah. So, like you said, I did have some previous experience with coding. Uh, Yarmouth High School offers a Python coding class, and the majority majority of the robot is in Python. So I did know that a bit from the school, and that definitely helped a lot. And then I also, on my own a few years ago, taught myself how to do CAD stuff, which is the 3D design. So I knew how to do that from the beginning, and I built pretty much the entire ELO off of replicating the design I made in the first few days. And then I, some challenges. Well, a lot of the stuff, like I did not, I didn't really know how to do. So I did not know how to connect a motor driver together. I didn't know what a motor driver was. I didn't know how to find the right torque that my motors would need based on how heavy the robot would be, all that stuff. I asked him a few questions. He helped me pick motors. He was definitely really helpful through this. And then another helpful thing was uh, ChatGPT. That was actually incredibly surprising how helpful it was because If I had a problem with my code, copy, paste, plug it in, it would tell me what was wrong and I would fix it. Or if I didn't know how to do a certain thing with code, I would ask it and it would say, oh, you should try this library, for example. And it also gave me like suggestions on specifications, how to do wiring diagrams and stuff. It was really great. That's really cool. I've um, shared the story about how ChatGPT can provide a line of code that can Mm -hmm. create which you want to do with your robot and could also identify what might be wrong Mm -hmm. in a line of code that you submit to. That is so, it's incredible. It's really exciting. And it, it does speak to the fact that we're making major leaps as a society toward independent learning. Like whatever you want to know, you pretty much can find it if you're self-directed. This would be a question for either of you. In some of the things you've had to learn either on the fly, independently, on your own, challenges you've had to face. Where do you look for your information and who do you trust for your information when you're trying to learn something new? How do you decide what's good information and what isn't? Because there's so much out there. Well, for me, I have a team of incredible vets. Our company has recruited vets from all over the country, including some from Canada. So they've all gone to many different schools over the course of probably 40 years. So I kind of hear everyone. I'm not in a position that I can have my own developed opinion yet because I've learned from observing and I'll just ask them and they'll give me their response and I'll make note of it. And 
when I'm in vet tech school, if I find something different, then I'll go back and talk to them about what question I asked and the answer they gave. And I have so many incredible coworkers that are vet techs that also have gone to different schools all over the country and some in Europe have done studies. So there's a vast majority of information that I have access to through people, online, a lot of books. We have so many books. And I just have a lot of people I can get the information from and learn. And for me, like when I'm getting information on this stuff, I can trust pretty much any of the teachers at the school that are fairly knowledgeable in that field to give me good information. So we have a teacher here. His name's Paul Lampson LaPlume. Everyone calls him L squared because two L's. He's in charge of our robotics club. He runs all the computer science classes. He's super knowledgeable on that kind of stuff. And I asked him lots of questions about the code. He was able to help me. He was able to figure that out. And then also YouTube. I wasn't good at soldering when I needed it. And that was a pretty big part of that. Like I needed to solder lots and lots of wires together to get things to work. I needed to know how, like which cables to plug into which parts of the motors. That was a really big thing. And then again, back to the chat GPT stuff, obviously super helpful. That's so cool. How about this? Do you see any connection between the work you did in your ELOs and the content areas that are taught in a more traditional way in the high school classes? So are there pieces there that really fit well and and lend themselves to content-specific credit rather than just elective credit down the line? I specifically remember sophomore year, we were doing something in my biology class with sodium chloride bonding. And I work with NaCl, which is sodium chloride, all the time. I use it, I would say, every shift. And I know a lot about it because you learn from asking questions. And my bio teacher, he said, you can teach this. You can dive into something else and learn something in bio that you're passionate about. So my job in certain situations has connected back to school, but in many ways it's very different. But school does provide me the knowledge that I need to get into the field. So I can't go into the field if I'm not good at math. Math is very important in vet med. So it does connect in certain ways, but it doesn't necessarily overlap for me. And for me, again, I mentioned the programming classes. There are more than, there's more than like just the Python class at school. There's a few, I just haven't taken them. But that's definitely like the biggest, most obvious connection. There's some machining classes at our school. So learning how to use stuff in the machine shop, like assembling things. And I actually did do that one last year. I did motors and machines, which is where you build simple machines, learn how to make motors, build like smaller stuff with that. That was definitely a really big part of it. But it also like a big thing about it is school gives you an opportunity and a time to get this work you need to get done done, which is super important. Like I'm taking what is it like four APs this year and I've got a full schedule. I don't have any study halls. So being able so next semester I'm going to have a study hall and I'm going to fill that with an ELO and being able to have that opportunity to do the things that I like and still get credit for it is like the biggest contribution of what the school is giving in order to like assist the ELOs and help them out. That leads me to a whole other thought around this. So for many kids who are interested in vocational technical pursuits, we have a lot of CTE programs, career and technical education programs that typically require 
a person to really change and rethink their high school schedule because they may have to spend half of every day in another setting and it kind of it can limit other opportunities academically for them. Would you see this as a way for students who have a passion and an eagerness to learn these hands-on technical real world skills, but can't make that other type of a, a whole switch in their schedule? Is, is this sort of like a, another option? I would say so. When I was figuring out my schedule, I, I already have the credits I need. I just need to fill certain classes for after high school requirements. So my schedule, I have my classes in the morning and then I'm done one day at 11.15 and then 1.20 the next day. So right now I'm able to go take care of my horses after school. That's what I'm doing today. But I recently just got a job at our local vet clinic where I'll be starting at 2. The school day doesn't end until 2.45, so it gives me the opportunity to leave during my school day to make time for my job. And if you don't have time after school, you can leave during school to go do whatever your ELO is. So if you're really, really, really busy, it gives you time from 8 to 2.45 to do something you're passionate about to get a credit that you also could get in a class that you don't like that is attached with a grade. So I think it gives a lot of flexibility and opportunity for kids to learn more about what they like during school hours, which is really nice. Yeah, and I have some friends that um, that go to Paths in Portland, and that I would say is about, it's probably a step farther than ELOs, but a lot of them aren't getting some of the classes they do want to take at school because they're missing like more than half of the day at Yarmouth High School by going to Paths, which a lot of them really enjoy it, but they're definitely wishing that they could get some other classes here. And a lot of people that I know that like wanted to do their own thing or have like a technical idea that they wanted instead of doing something at paths have done an ELO. So they've just like left a study hall open throughout the year or for a semester and they've done whatever, like literally whatever they've wanted to as an ELO for that semester. And that's been a like really big thing that I've seen for a few people where it's just kind of like, it gives them a little bit more freedom with their education. And going off of what Liam said about his friends, I actually was going to do paths. My sophomore year, we looked at paths and the vet med section they had, you actually had to start with human medicine, which I have no interest in. So I didn't do paths and we didn't know at the time, but maybe a month later is when I got approached by the ELO coordinator and said, hey, you have a cool job and you can get school credit. So last year, I had a study hall in the middle of the day. I wasn't going to leave school to go to work, sanitize, and come back to school. So even if the study hall isn't at the end of the day, I was able to get all my homework done so that I wasn't rushing and cramped when I actually did go to work. So there are a lot of different things that you can do. Like this year, I purposely made it so I leave school as early as possible, but you can make it fit your schedule. And I was able to take all the classes I wanted to last year, which is great. And another thing you can build off of that is with an ELO, like, so for example, I built the robot over the summer, but I'm planning on doing another ELO next semester where I'm building and designing a website to help people pick a car, right? And if I had done something like related to paths, 
then I really wouldn't have had the amount of freedom to kind of bounce around and test the different ideas that I had. And like, I really enjoyed building the robot, but that's not going to be my job in the future. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to build robots. I might and probably will do something in like the software engineering field. Right. And that was a super big part of the robot. So then I'm going to go test that again later with the web design yellow to see if I like that. That's cool. I think I remember that at least a couple of the students that we met with that day discovered they thought they wanted to do this thing and discovered actually this isn't the thing, but I want to do this other thing that's related or not related at all. What are some of these other projects? Well, one student that came to mind, she's doing a group ELO about mental health and well-being. And I was really impressed by this because I believe she's a sophomore. And I was like, you are doing a great thing. It's incredibly inspiring what you're learning. And she, as of last week, said she's interested in going into the neuroscience field. Uh, Another student is doing something about Native American studies, specifically to the Native American tribes in Maine. And I've known her since kindergarten. I very much see her going out into the world and making a big difference. I can't think of any students other than myself that found something they don't want to do. So I think it's a great opportunity for kids in high school to explore more about what they want to do after high school and not be in the position that I see many of my other classmates in as, you know, college applications go out senior year of, I don't know what I want to do with my life. While these other students in the ELOs have already started as early as their sophomore year and something they're passionate about and will definitely help them when it comes to applying to schools. That's exciting. All right. So in closing, would Would you be willing to share, what would you say to school leaders who don't have yet ELOs offered in their schools? Or what would you say to students who are wondering if maybe this is a good choice uh, for them? How would you either tell them this is definitely a thing you should do or how they would know if an ELO is right for them? So I'll go ahead and like talk about the students. A good idea or just an idea. It doesn't even have to be like a great thought out idea yet. I would at least consider an ELO. It's super fun. It was, it's the most fun I've ever had in like a learning environment. A big thing though is time management, especially if you're doing one over the summer like I did. You have to be pretty good at that. And I'm not even, I'm not great at it, but you definitely have to have some scheduling abilities and you have to make sure you like you keep on top of the progress trackers and stuff in order for you to get your grade at the end. But if you have any sort of idea, you should totally consider an ELO. Further question, Liam, do you feel like this experience taught you or strengthened your skills in time management, for example? Totally. So yeah, again, like I said at the beginning, I kind of always have, like if I had a test, I would study for it the night before, right? And I, I still do sometimes, but this ELO, it really helped me develop a schedule and think really far out with my plans, which I was never really great at. And it definitely helped me develop that. So for example, I knew on let's say week five, for example, I wanted to have the robot on wheels and driving, getting its first driving tests done. And if I hadn't had that schedule, there's not a chance I would have had this robot ready. It was definitely helpful in helping me organize it. And I definitely got better at it. That's cool. I think those skills that are outside of the content are also very important for people to develop. And so that, that's very cool. How about you, yeah. Sarah? 
I would say for students, do it. Go find your person and find what works for you. I love ceramics. I won an award last year for ceramics, and it is something I'm very passionate about. I wanted to do an ELO with ceramics, but I am not good at time management. I didn't want to do the weekly check-ins, so that's not an ELO style that would work for me. And I already had a job, so I got credit for my job, and now I'm going to be working 26 hours a week. I'll be in school for about four hours a day, go to work, take care of my horses when I'm not here. So it gives me an opportunity to learn something. And there's no homework. There's there's that too. <laughs> so go find your person. Find what type of ELOs are available. There are so many group, individual, summer, learning ones, working ones. Yeah, I think every school in the state, in the country, in the world, like anywhere, they should have the option for an ELO. Because like, I've never really loved school. There are some classes that I definitely like, like the programming class I like. I like physics this year. I like my science class for sure. I've always liked my science classes. But other than that, like I really never had fun in school and I haven't been engaged in like a lot of the learning outside of those classes. So this was really great to be able to get the credit that I wanted, but also being able to do what I wanted with it. And I'm sure there are so many other students out there that would benefit like the same way. So if you guys, if you don't have an ELO, I would definitely figure out a way to get the program going. And to go off of what Liam said about being engaged, my job, um, learning something that I really am going to apply to the world, that I apply working on a farm with over 50 animals, that I apply to getting a new job in a different type of vet med. So it really gives students that don't fit the square box of what school and a student should look like because people evolve and education should evolve with them. Yeah. We're trying to make that happen um, statewide. We've, our Department of Education is promoting ELOs across the state and anything that's hands-on interdisciplinary applied learning. So you're learning it, but you're also doing the thing while you're learning. And so so we're really hopeful that Maine is going to lead the way nationally. I think we're way out in front of this and many schools are on board and getting on board with offering these types of programs. And I'm so grateful for your time, both of you. I'm really inspired and I'm happy for you. And I can't wait to hear about your future successes because I think you're you're going to go places, both of you. Hey, thank you for making ELOs a thing. And <laughs> giving us weird students that don't fit the box <laughs> the opportunity to learn something we like yeah and thanks for thanks for having us on here it's been really fun yeah Great. i feel really cool <laughs> well you are <laughs> you are and so that that's great. Thanks, everybody. This was our uh, second episode of What Holds Us Together, a podcast about the amazing things happening in Maine education. And it has been a delight to have Sarah and Liam here today. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to What Holds Us Together, a podcast highlighting voices from Maine's public schools. I'm Education Commissioner Pender Macon. And I'll be back next month to share more of the great work that's happening in our schools every day.